You're live? Okay, well, good morning, everybody. Uh, my brother put me up here without my knowledge that he was going to go live. Uh, but today, we're doing Sunday school, because that's what we do here. So welcome to Faith Baptist Church. Uh, I'll be the interim speaker this morning. Uh, brother, brother's not feeling very well. Um, so I think we're going to be continuing our lesson in Christology this morning, uh, which today we will be covering the power of Christ over death. Amen. Amen. That was well-timed. That was well-timed. I do like the integration. Um, all right. So uh, if you open your Bibles today to John chapter 11. Uh, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now did anybody catch that right there? Right there in verse 4, what he's saying. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. You know the story, if you've heard the story of Lazarus before, right? What's he saying there? This was on purpose to glorify God. Right, right, right. Things that we don't always think are on purpose are. I mean, God does things that we don't understand at the time, like a person getting sick and dying. But this was intentional, so that the Son of God could show what he could do. Verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sisters and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abhorred two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that said he to his disciples, Let us go unto Judah, Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, And there are not, were not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things, he, these things said he, and after that he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go, that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit, howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he hath spoken of things to rest in sleep. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So right there, you see in verse 14, this wasn't he was asleep in a tomb. He wasn't just really, really sick. Lazarus was dead. When most of us would have wanted to hurry up to Bethany to heal our dear friend before he died, Jesus decides to stand still for a little while. And we discussed kind of there why we think he stood still, right? It was because even though he was sick, Jesus knew what was going to happen, right? And I believe it was verse 4 we talked about that he knew that Lazarus was going to die. But he knew Lazarus was going to die because he had to die, because it was all according to the plan. All right? I don't know what half these points mean that you have written down here. Uh, we are very busy people today. Right, like because Jesus chose to stand still in the same place instead of hurry up to the sick. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 
So, yeah, it says point A here would be that we are very busy people today, which uh, our pastor, who is behind the camera, because he's not feeling well, uh, decided to say, because think of your life today. Most of us have jobs. Most of us, even if you don't have a normal day-to-day job, you have normal tasks to do around the house. Uh, I've got to get this done. I've got to get this fixed. I've got to get this taken care of. I've got to do this. got to do this. got to do Your list goes on and on and on and on and on. Everyone's list does, no matter who you are. You've got a thousand things to do and about two hours to do it all. So one of the hardest things to do sometimes is to stop and to think and to realize what's important on the list or maybe not what's important to you on the list, but what's important to God. What, what priorities have you not set right? A lot of us will begin our day on our phone. First thing you do is you grab your phone, you look, you see what's going on. Okay, what do I have to do? Okay, I wake up at seven, I got to get to work by eight, you know. You get to work, you're doing all your thing, and then by the time you're at work, <clears throat> you've been at work for four hours, it's lunchtime, and you've already forgotten something that was extremely important at the beginning of the day, which was your morning prayer. You forgot to wake up and talk to God. You woke up, you grabbed your phone, you got right into the world without first getting your protection on. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta slow down. And that's really hard, especially for us in our day and age, because in our day and age, we are overloaded. These, these things right here just overload us with information constantly. You can have your phone out looking at it, put it down, and the moment you put it down, something will vibrate. Pick it right back up. Happens every time. So it, it's important to remember not only things that are important to you, because there are things that are important in this world that you do need to do, but the things that are important spiritually, like getting yourself right before you set out in the because a lot of us, I, I, me, myself included, there are times where I will be halfway through a meal before I forgot I even forgot to pray about the meal, right? I mean, it's, it's understandable sometimes because you get into a rush. You forget things. I mean, it's, it's still need to pray. I can't tell you the number of times I've been halfway through a hamburger and then stopped and closed my eyes to pray and hope that that first half of the hamburger wasn't going to kill me and the second half I was going to be okay. But it all usually turns out all right. Um, another thing. Usually we, we don't have time to do things for others. So sometimes we're so caught up in ourselves, so caught up in everything that we need to do that we forget to look towards other people. And not only towards other people just to help them, sometimes we forget to look towards other people for help. Okay? Martha came, Mary came, they told Jesus, hey, my brother is sick. They came and found him because her brother was sick. They needed help, right? So what did they do? They asked for help. Sometimes when we are busy, somebody can ask for our help. And it doesn't have to be something big. It's, hey, can you make me a cup of tea? My throat's sore. Takes two minutes to boil water. Put some tea in there, a little bit of honey, and help somebody with a sore throat. Now, let's expand that idea a little bit more. Let's say that there's something that needs to be done at the church. Something that needs to be done not necessarily for an individual, but something that needs to be done for the church. Uh, For instance, let's say the pastor wasn't feeling well and he told his brother, hey, why don't you uh, take care of this for me? Here I am, and for whatever reason, this is the lesson I'm teaching about doing this. So, guess it all works out, huh? But seriously, if if there's something at the church um, and, and we've been at several churches and we've been at maybe four or five different churches. We've had really good homes at, you know, about two churches. 
But I mean, I've seen everybody in those churches doing things from coming in and cleaning on the weekends, running the soundboard, to you know just running fundraisers, to helping out with the fundraiser, to coming to a fundraiser. I mean, just just think about everything that goes within a fundraiser. You have the person who plans it, the people who execute it, the people who come to give to the fundraiser. I mean, all of these people are helping the church. And yes, it's an event. Yes, it's fun for the people that are coming and sometimes the people executing it. But you're coming to help the church. Uh, So imagine... Imagine somebody coming to you like Mary came to Jesus and saying, hey, I, I need your help. And Jesus said in, in verse 4, this sickness is unto, not unto death. For the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Just by coming. Just by helping. Just by doing what you can. You don't have to be the best cook. You don't have to be the best waiter. You could drop a few glasses, I'm sure, and it would be okay. You know, you don't have to tip the most. You don't have to donate the most to the charity, to the fundraiser. Just coming, just being there is, is quite enough. Okay, point D. Sometimes we are too busy for our own families. This one is one that I feel like was probably less than the church or the, the uh, forgetting your prayers. Because a lot of people, and, and I don't know about all the other families to be honest with you but I know in my family personally we have a very big emphasis on family family is family is family and that's just the way it is and honestly I couldn't imagine giving up on family I couldn't imagine turning family away because that's just the way I was raised but I have heard stories I have heard heartbreaking stories heartbreaking stories of kids whose parents just don't care whose only reason for sending them to church is so they can get out of their hair for two hours and that is heartbreaking to imagine just think about Jacob or Lizzie right think about the the little ones we have here at the church think about not wanting them around so bad that you would just send them off with strangers on a bus sometimes not even talking to the people on the bus for the church just sending them away because you don't care and then think about other stories of those who are elderly those who are up in their years and they need help with things things they just can't do anymore things that they have issues with Um, my wife her uh, grandmother's neighbor helps mow her yard for her because she can't do it anymore she just can't but she has somebody like her neighbor who's willing to come out and help but doesn't have a family member that can come out and help. There are things in this world that are more important that you have to take responsibility for. That's right. Just because it's not your fault doesn't mean it's not your responsibility. Sometimes we run into things in life that are not fun, that the responsibility of it seems like it might be too much, but that's why we have God. That's, right. that's why we have somebody who died on the cross for our sins Is that what I sound like? My bad. No. Okay. (laughs) That sounded very high. It sounded tinny. A little tinny. But but that's the important thing is sometimes we have to sit down and we have to realize that those folks who are older, those folks who need help, you're in your 
30s. Ooh, 30. Ooh. You're in your 30s. You know? And you have relatives who are older who need a hand that can't fix the things they used to be able to fix, that can't go to the places they used to be able to go, can't do the things that they used to do, and they need a hand. And it is your responsibility as a family member to go and to help those people. Like I said, I, I've been raised in a very good environment where family was always kept as number one. Always kept as number one. So this isn't really an issue usually with my family. I mean, every family has its issues, but being there when it counts has usually not been an issue for my family, which is praise the Lord. Seriously, it's, it's quite the privilege that I have that I have such an amazing family. So point number E. Sometimes we are too busy for the work of God. Now, this kind of goes back to the church, right? We talked about just coming to a fundraiser, doing something as simple as sweeping or vacuuming or even just, you know, helping out where you can when you can. Working for the church, right? Working for the Lord. But there's more that you can do working for the Lord than just going to church, just doing things for the church. I mean, think about your own personal lives. Think about what you do when you serve the Lord. Think about, okay, we'll do this. Think about the past two weeks. Think about your past two weeks as a total, as a whole. How many people outside of church, outside of your family, have you talked to about God, right? Was there an opportunity that came up that you kind of just let slip by because maybe it was going to be uncomfortable? Was there a moment that came up where you thought you were going to say something like, well, praise the Lord, or, you know, I'll thank God, but you didn't because you kind of knew how they were and you didn't want to get into it? It's those kinds of things that we kind of let slip by, that we let go to the wayside just because we don't want to have that uncomfortable moment. Now, <clears throat> one thing Matthew is always very clear on, and I want to be clear on here too, is arguing with somebody, debating with somebody, having a, a heated argument with somebody about the Lord is not the way to win somebody to God. That's right. You do not win people to God through anger. Yeah. No, you don't. What it is is you let them know who you are. You show them by example. You say, this is who I am. This is what I believe. And if you don't believe that, I understand. And I get that. But this is who I am. So if you're okay with who I am, then this is fine. We can keep doing this. But if this is a problem, then I get it. And I promise you, plant those seeds. Yeah. Do those little things. Praise the Lord. Oh, really? Well, I'll pray for you. I'll put you on my church's prayer list. Little things like that. Things start getting better for them. You know, like, oh, well, you know, thanks for putting me on your prayer list. Even if I have friends who are not anywhere near close to being Christians. But if I told them that I was going to pray for them, they would appreciate it. Yeah. They may not believe the same religion I believe. They may not believe the things I believe. But the fact that I tell them I'm praying for them means something to them. Something that they themselves can't even understand. Jesus powers. Yeah, Jesus powers, as my best friend calls it. Yes. My best friend always tells Matt that he has Jesus powers. We went to the uh, ocean one time, and we were trying to uh, boogie board. And, man, there were just no, no waves whatsoever. It was the weirdest thing. There's no waves. We're out there, and we're like, he looks over at my brother, and he goes, Matt, come on, dude, use your Jesus powers. I'm not kidding. Waves started coming in. It was the funniest thing. He just stopped for a second. It was like, it was, it was pretty funny. That's funny. Oh, I'm not. Oh. All right. Uh, turn over to Acts uh, chapter 6. Let's turn over to Acts chapter 6. It's always fun when you're doing this and you have no idea what's going to be in the verses. <laughs> Acts 
Yeah, that's the that's the fun part, huh? Well, it's X, right? So if I go to Psalms, which is like the middle of the book, I can probably get there pretty easy. Uh, you were Was I? <laughs> John, Acts, Romans. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Chapter six. John. I can see how this would take a toll on your voice, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Acts chapter 6, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 3. And in those days, when the number of the disciples were multiplied, those arose a murmuring of the, what is that word? Grecians. Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Goodness. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, Is it not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables? Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who we may appoint over the business. Leaving the word of God and serving tables. Yeah. Yeah. So, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. When we were talking about waking up to your phone, you wake up, you got that busy box in your hand full of information. It is very easy to get distracted. And it's something that everyone, everyone in existence that has a cell phone, which I guess excludes my ex-boss because for whatever reason he didn't want a cell phone. Yeah. Uh, struggles with. We just do. It's information overload. But here we see that even though we have smartphones, and technology and entertainment and computers and I locked your phone hopefully I can reopen it I got it okay <laughs> crisis averted yes yeah. even though we have all those issues all everything in the world to distract us yeah. back then they had distractions too sure. just because we live in a new age doesn't mean that we deal with new things and that that can actually be extremely comforting I, think about this think about the fact that when you go to the doctor if you go to the doctor and you say, hey, you know, I've got this really bad pain in my chest here, and he x-rays you, and he comes back, what's the number one thing you don't want to hear? Well, we've never seen anything like this before. We don't know. Uh, uh, we don't know. We're going to have to run some more tests. We have no idea. Right? Now, equally unfun, but a little bit more comforting is, well... You know, we found out that, you know, one of your bones right here has a hairline fracture, so you're feeling a little bit of pain. All we've got to do is X, Y, Z, and you'll be good to go. Sometimes knowing that issues that you have, other people have had as well, is very comforting because guess what? They've also come up with solutions. Yeah. There's also very detailed lines on how to get back to where you need to be. Right. The disciples right here. As you can see in verse 3, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men, honest report, for the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who may point over this business. Alright? Now, should they, in verse 2, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables? Just think about that. I, I, I'm curious what went through his head after those words came out of his mouth. You know, leave the word of God and go serve the tables. Let's, let's get out of here. That reminds me very much of the, because of the Lazarus story, the Martha and the Mary, where she was cleaning the house. Yeah. 
and Mary was attending to Jesus, cleaning his feet with the oil. And Martha comes out and is like, hey, Jesus, my sister didn't help me with anything. And he's like, actually, she's doing what's most important right now, which is attending to me. So just remember that just because you have an issue doesn't mean that it's unique. And that's comforting. That's good. Because that means, guess what? There's a whole book full of issues that you've had that tell you exactly how to deal with them. Exactly how to get back to the Lord. It's, it's very, very comforting to be able to know that just because you have a problem doesn't mean you're alone. Sometimes when we get into a hole, when we see one thing tick, okay, I can handle that. Then the second domino falls, and the third, and the fourth. It feels like there's a hole that's just circling and you're slowly getting pulled under right. until you drown. But the thing is, is other people have gotten those dominoes to knock over. And other people have put those dominoes right back up. And they've come out and they've been better for it. Think of Job. My brother's favorite story, Job. How many dominoes did that guy have knock over? His kids got killed, his animals, his fortune. He got boils all covered over him. His friends thought he did something he wasn't supposed to. And that's why God was punishing him. His wife was griping at him constantly. I mean, probably that last one's normal. But, you know. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but it, you can get back to where you need to be. It, it's all in this book. It's all in here. You can read it. It's, it's pretty amazing that it's in there, too. All right. Uh, point number three. We are too busy to wait for God to reveal his will to us. So that goes back to, let's move back over to John chapter number 11. That goes back to verse number 4 in John chapter 11, which was, When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard thereof that he was sick, he abhor two days still in the same place where he was. So he stayed put. You know, sometimes I have, I've heard people, my, my grandmother, whenever she says to pay for patience, pay, ooh, pray for patience. That was a tongue twister. Yeah. And she says to be very, very careful of saying that. Yeah. She's like, you know, you know, I'm just trying to be patient, you know, you know, hope the Lord will give me patience. And she's like, well, hang on. If you pay for pray, patience, yes. Yes. you're going to get... Uh, it's a tough one. If you're going to pray for patience, I'll get there. Got to do my tongue twisters in the morning. Uh, you're going to get a test of patience. Something is going to come your way. You're going to be sitting at the DMV for four hours. Get to the front of the line and then tell you you have the improper paperwork and have to go home. Ugh. You know, you're going to be standing in the grocery line and you're going to be the next person in line and they're going to close down the lane. Oh, you're going to be waiting for a parking spot in the parking lot. And then some souped up Cobra Mustang is going to sweep in right in front of you because he thinks he's better than you. Mm. And you're going to have to just drive off and find a new spot. There's going to be tests of patience. But I want you to think about this. Think about one of your dear friends. Because if you read in verse 5, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. This wasn't some, now he's Jesus, so he loves us all. But this was a personal connection. This wasn't, you know, some guy who got lowered in on a bed and healed by Jesus. This was someone Jesus knew. This was someone Jesus loved. He heard he was sick and dying. I want you to think about one of your best friends. I want you to think about one of your best friends if they're no longer here, if they are here. 
And I want you to think about the moment you heard they were sick or think about the fact that what happened if they would get sick. They've got stage three, stage four cancer. And they've got maybe three or four days left to live. You get to go over there, talk to them, say your goodbyes, and then you know that's going to be the last time you talk to them. Right? Think about that feeling, that gut-sinking feeling of knowing that's coming. And then think about sitting there for two days and waiting until they pass away. The patience. Knowing what that person had to suffer through. Even though Jesus knew what was going to happen. Jesus knew he was going to go over there. In verse 5 it says, he knew this death wasn't for all. He was going to go take care of it. But he had to go take care of it to prove who he was. He had to show this miracle. But Lazarus still had to die. He still had to get sick, be sick, and die. Lazarus died. He had that moment of winking out of existence, of dying. And then Jesus brought him back. But can you imagine Jesus' patience knowing Lazarus was still going to have to suffer through that? He knew he was going to heal him, but Lazarus still had to suffer. He still had to die. And I, I personally, I, I couldn't imagine sitting there knowing someone that I loved that much was going to pass away and not even going to see them before they pass away. You know, I don't know. Eh, maybe that's just me, but it's absolutely gut-wrenching to think about. Sometimes, like we talked about earlier, it's easy to lose hope for people who don't see the world the way we see the world. Right. It's, it's easy to lose hope for people who you think will never, just never come to see the Lord. And it's very, very easy to just kind of try and find your own peace with that. And to move on, try and help more people, try and do the best you can for everyone else. But that person will still always be on your heart. You'll always have that soft spot for that person that you want to come to the Lord. That you, you want to come here and say, listen, man, just, just read the book. It's all in there, you know. But it's hard. And I'll be honest with you. Some people give up. Some people do give up. They lose that soft spot. And it turns into a hard spot for that person to where every time that person comes around, they get angry. And they get a little bit bitter. And they get a little bit mad. And every time they come around, especially I know some of you families out there, every time Thanksgiving rolls around and everybody's sitting at the table ready for the rolls, ready for the turkey, that one comment squeaks out. And you're like, no, no, no. And there goes, the, there goes lunch, right? It's important in our patience to know exactly what Jesus is saying here. It's timing. Yeah. And it's not your timing. Yeah. Which is upsetting. And it's, it's hard. Sure. Because like Jesus waiting for Lazarus, Lazarus still had to suffer. Sometimes we still have to watch people suffer. They're going to make the mistakes we tell them not to make. They're going to make the decisions that we told them not to make. And they're going to have to suffer through the consequences of those decisions. Regardless of if later they do get saved and they do come to the Lord. They're still going to have to suffer the same way that Lazarus still had to die. But the Lord can save them the same way he raised Lazarus from the dead. Amen. It's, it's that easy. All you have to do is confess. All you have to do is get saved. Come to Jesus. 
It's 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 right, seriously right. that easy. That was well timed, Miss Chrissy. Yes, very well timed. <laughs> All right. Um, in Exodus, John, we'll make you turn here, but it's in Exodus 14, 13 through 14. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you this today. For the Egyptians who you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Amen. Who knows what story this is? Uh, Matthew. <laughs> this is the crossing of the Red Sea. Crossing of the Red Sea, right? So I want you to think about the uh, the slaves of Egypt, the Jewish slaves of Egypt. How long they were there? How much they suffered being there, right? And then a savior comes. And if this seems metaphorical, because it is, now yeah. yeah. <laughs> a savior comes, gets all of the slaves and takes them across the sea. And not only does he take them across the sea, he promises them then and there, I'm going to close this sea behind me, and then you're never going to have to worry about him again. Mm. See, that kind of mimics also our salvation, right? Because a lot of other religions in our same denominations believe that works and showing your good works is how you get to heaven, right? Mm. That once you're saved, being saved is good, but you still have to do more to be able to get into heaven. And this image right here that God gave of Moses kind of blows that theory out of the water, uh, pun intended. Because what happens here is Moses says, we're going to cross the Red Sea. And they're going to try and follow you. And I'm going to wipe them out with the water. And the water's not going to part again. Once you are in my hand, Amen. no man can pluck you from it. Right. Once I close that river, nobody's coming for you. I've got you now. You're with me. It's that easy, folks. All you got to do is come to Jesus. Amen. And let him know that you're willing to be his, his disciple. Let him know. It's a, it's a quick prayer. If you have any questions about it, please send us a, a comment on Facebook. Or if you have pastor's number, just give him a text. He'll be more than happy to lead you through it. But it, it is that easy. And the comfort that you can get from that is, is it's remarkable. Um, Exodus, verse. Exodus chapter 14 verses 13 through 14. Matt, how long do you usually go? To about 45. 45, okay, cool. Alright, point number E. So, even when we think we have the perfect understanding of a situation, God still understands it far better than we do. Now, this goes back to pretty much everything we've talked about. This is a, a big umbrella for everything we've talked about today because the timing like we were talking about of those who we hope would get saved but but don't or Lazarus dying whereas Mary wanted him to heal him when he was sick Jesus had to raise him from the dead otherwise we wouldn't have that cool Lazarus song by who, who sings that uh, the version that I listen to is greater vision greater vision yeah, uh, yeah Lazarus it's a very good very good song my name is Lazarus but yeah. our timing is not God's timing. And that, that is something that I personally have struggled with quite a bit, especially here recently after going through a bit of a job crisis and everything that I've gone through. Mm. It's one of those things where you have to 
as weird as it is, let go. And for somebody like me who was a you know QAQC officer, letting things go <laughs> is the most difficult thing because usually when I let things go, they all burn. Right. So being able to let it go and to move on and to trust that somebody else has it is very difficult for me, yeah. me personally. But the comfort that I get is knowing who has it, right? Because as arrogant as I like to be, you know, God knows a lot more than anyone on this planet. God knows a lot more than any one period, I guess I should say. Because sometimes, and, and this is a nice little experiment you can do, if you think back across your life, I want you to think about your top three moments that made you just break down as a human. Okay, just those three moments. And then I want you to think about how you thought your life was over. Right. How you would never be normal. How everything in life was going to change and it was going to change for the worst. Yeah. And was it even worth continuing? Was it even worth keeping going? And then I want you to think about yourself today. Where you are today. Yeah. What you've came through. How much you've grown. The person that you've become. Even though you thought those moments were the worst moments of your life, coming through them like Job, you have become a better person. Amen. And sometimes that's the whole goal. Right. Sometimes the trial isn't about that particular trial. Sometimes the trial isn't about figuring out exactly how to fix this one thing. Sometimes it's just to make you a better person. Yeah. And a lot of the times it's hard to get through that. A lot of the times it's really hard to get through that. But you have God. That's right. And as we talked about in point number B, you have family. If you have a church, you have a church family. That's right. There are people you can reach out to for help. Amen. And you should. Yes. If you're going through something, if you're struggling with something, if something is getting you down right now, if you're in one of those top three moments currently, mm. talk to somebody. That's right. Sometimes thinking can be so hard when it's all in here. And you have to just say it out loud. Sometimes just saying it out loud is enough. Getting it out and bouncing it off of somebody and having that dialogue. Because it's, thinking is extremely hard to do sometimes, especially when you're going through something like that because every thought in the world will be running through your head. Every thought in the world. And saying them out loud to somebody, sometimes they can be like, well, what about this? Well, what about that? Well, hey, there's this. So I would encourage you, if you're going through somebody, something, please just reach out to somebody. And it doesn't have to be anybody here at the church. Reach out to a friend, a mother, a son, somebody. Just reach out. Because it can be tough. And I would encourage you to pray. Yes. Prayer can be a powerful, powerful tool. Amen. It really can be. You can see miracles moved in your life through prayer. It's quite phenomenal. And if you need proof, just ask my grandmother to pray for something. <laughs> yeah. And it'll, it'll get taken care of. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. His ways may not make sense to you at the time, but a disciple that has faith in his master will only will obey the will of that master whether or not it makes sense to him. Think about that. Think about military strategy for a second, okay? Those of you who are interested in military strategy. Sometimes during a military strategy, you will have certain sections break off and do other things, right? right? And some of the sections may not know what the other sections are doing. And some of them might be confused as to why they're doing it. Right. But you're in the military. Your job isn't to be the general. It's, that's the general's job. Right. 
Right. Your job isn't to be the strategist, that's the strategist's job. Your job is to follow orders. Right. So if you follow orders and do your job, you have to trust that everyone else is going to do the same. And when everybody does the same, the mission gets accomplished. That's right. Right? Matt, Matt explained this to me really, really well one time. So imagine there's a train, right? There's a train on the train tracks on a subway, say New York or wherever. And God told you, this train is going to crash and everybody on it's going to die. Okay? I need you to go to the very end of the train and talk to that person about salvation. They're going to get saved before this train crashes. Now, being a rational person, you say, well, if the train's going to crash, I should go from the front to the back because the train hits, people will die in that order. So if I go from the front to the back, I'll save more people. So you run to the front of the train to talk to the very first person. What you don't realize is God already sent somebody there. Somebody's already talking to them. Oh no, okay, well I'll go to the next person. Somebody's already talking to them. So on, so forth, until you don't make it to that back person who doesn't get saved because God had a plan for you. You may not have understood it. You may have thought you knew better, but you didn't. He already had that person covered. You're not smarter than he is. He took care of that already. So it's, it's important when that happens that you follow what he tells you to do. Amen. Because you might not understand it. And that is the weirdest thing in the world. It really is. To, to get something that you don't understand and to do it anyways. My dad has a really good habit about this. Right. <laughs> where he will, he will tell us to do something. And it is the most off-the-wall, crazy thing we have ever heard. It does not make sense. Yeah. I don't understand how it'll work. Yeah. And it works every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. I'm not bitter about it. <laughs> it just it works every single time. It's not frustrating or anything. But yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> well, I got an amen out of him. Yeah. So just trust in the Lord's will. Trust in his guidance for you because... Even though it doesn't make sense to you, and it doesn't make sense sometimes. It really doesn't. Like, sometimes the path is clear. And, man, when that path is clear, you are moseying down the lane. You are moving in a groove and dancing, doing the jives all the way down the lane. And then you come to that fork. And one's really dark. And then one's got the sunlight. And God's like, yeah, go that way. And you're like, no, 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 no. Sun. You see the sun? And he's like, yeah, 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 but you got to go through that one. I'm like, no, 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 no. Sun. So it's it, it can be a little bit difficult sometimes, but... That's where the faith thing comes in. A lot of people today want evidence because we live in an evidence-based world, right? Especially once Corona hit. It was nothing but data, nothing but evidence. This study says this, this study says that, so on, so forth. We'll look at these numbers, look at these numbers. Sometimes you have to go out on faith. Sometimes you just have to take that leap of faith and trust that what you're doing is what you need to do. All right, and if it's in the Lord's will, it will be. But if it's not, it's just not going to work out. My brother always tells tells this story of the most bitter people he's ever met are the people who did not follow the will of God, yeah. that knew their path, knew what they needed to do, and just decided not to. That's that purposelessness yeah. that can just eat away at a person, where you're sitting at the edge of your bed, looking down at the carpet and saying, well, "What am I doing?" What, what's the point of this? Is, is, do I need to, am I doing everything wrong? Well, well why am I here? Yeah. That's that purposelessness yeah. that you just don't know what to do. 
And it's important when that happens to meditate, to pray, to sit there and think, well, what am I doing wrong? And I promise you, if you sit at the foot of your bed and pray and ask yourself honestly, Mm -hmm. what am I doing wrong? It'll pop in your head. And if you can fix it, fix it. And after you fix it, do the same thing. Sit at the edge of your bed. Think to yourself, what am I doing wrong? And fix it. You don't have to fix it in one day. Take it bites, bites. But fix it. I promise you, you'll feel better afterwards. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. That's just the Lord reiterating what we just talked about. Okay? Our thoughts aren't his thoughts. The train metaphor. His ways aren't our ways. Sometimes we have to just do what he tells us to do. Perhaps you've heard of the story of the mountain climber who was determined to reach the summit of the high mountain. After much preparation, he began his adventure, desiring the glory for such achievement. He went alone, not telling anyone of his plans. Only a few yards from the summit, he slipped. Falling off of a rocky ledge at the frightful speed, thinking death was imminent, he felt his safety rope begin to tighten around his wrist. Suddenly, he found himself suspending in midair, and in the first desperate moments of a spontaneous prayer sprang from his lips, God, please help me. How many times... Have you heard somebody who doesn't even believe in God say, Oh, God, please help me. Why? It's a natural human reaction. When something's gone so horrible that it's completely out of your control, like falling off of a mountain to your death, I promise you God will pop in your head. Mm. You are going to call out for your almighty creator because it's in you. It's ingrained in you. It's not something we can control. Uh, well, I guess I'm out of time. That does go quicker than you think it, it will, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, I guess we'll stop it there. Just remember, everybody, you know, sometimes God has plans for you that you don't expect. And sometimes it's hard to go through those. But like I said earlier, if you're going through a hard time, reach out. There are those who are willing to help you. Amen. There always are. Just got to find them. That's right. Thank you guys for coming to the Sunday School lesson, and we'll see you guys at the 11 o'clock hour.